Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Become Fire podcast. It's your host, Father Anthony. Uh, Again, two weeks in a row, riding, well, Friar solo, but not entirely solo. Um, If you have not listened to last week's episode, I highly encourage you, listen to last week's episode about uh, the healing of Paul Zuccarelli and how the Lord miraculously healed him um, and the beautiful story of how God worked in his life. And um, as I said last week, we're in the middle of kind of a four-part, eight-episode series. Um, We're doing a a series on healing and the four parts on physical, spiritual, emotional, and psychological healing. And in each of these parts, we're going to have guests and we're going to interview those guests. We're going to hear the uh, first episode, be hearing their story about how the God has healed them in these various ways, physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. And then we're going to have a second part where we kind of delve deeper into how these types of healing have led us deeper and closer to God. Um, and so last week we heard about Paul Zuccarelli's uh, physical healing. It's so good to have once again in the studio with us, Paul and Beth Zuccarelli. Welcome. Good to have you. Thank you. Hello, Father. Father. Um, and uh, again, we talked about that beautiful, beautiful story about how God physically healed you. And I want to just get into how this physical healing has changed your life. Um, and so we talked last week uh, about where your faith was before. And I want to get into where your faith is now. And I know that's a journey. I want to, we're going to, we'll talk to the middle parts, but I want to hear how was your faith different than it was before the physical healing? How has the physical healing affected your life spiritually? Uh, great question. Um, <clears throat> one, of, one of my two prayers prior to the surgery, personal prayers, because when I was reading the word, I, read, I just, you know, highlighting, I came across Matthew 9, 37, 38, or Jesus said, the harvest is great and the laborers are few. Ask, ask the master of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest field. <clears throat> so I kind of made a commitment or a covenant with the Lord that if I lived, because I really felt I was going to die, he was telling me I was going to have to suffer, um, that I needed to fulfill my commitment to God. So I literally quit my job, quit my boards, walked away from companies. And people thought I was like certifiably nuts. But if you saw what I saw, Father, you know heaven awaits you for those who are faithful. And that this is not, I, I got an eye-opening experience. Sometimes, you know, God needs to hit you up with a two-by-four. I needed that, spiritual, I believe, to be detached from the world and to be detached from self-sufficiency. Because now I know living's hard out there in the world. I can tell your listeners, dying's really easy. Happens in a nanosecond. But I can also share that it's not the end. It's just the beginning. So I understand now that I have to die again um, in order to be joined with Jesus. So I literally walked away from the world. And it's been a, it's been a journey, and we wrote a book. And we go around, we evangelize, and we donate the proceeds of the book because the book's owned by a nonprofit. I couldn't take a dime from anybody to tell you what Jesus did for me and our whole family. And so uh, we donate the proceeds. And as you know, we, we give uh, proceeds to you here at the Friary because I love your evangelization efforts. Wow. Let's talk, let's delve into what happened. And it was, that was yeah. the teaser alert from last week. What happened? So you're on the table. It's Saturday, the day before Pentecost. Right. And um, you have your first heart attack. Right. Well, it's not, sorry, not a heart attack. Cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest. Right. You have your first <clears throat> cardiac arrest and you leave your body. 
and you see the white light at the end of the tunnel, uh, to be cliche. Tell, walk us through this experience. What happened? Okay. So, again, when I died, my soul leave my, leave, left my body, and I looked back on myself. And I got an education right there because, you know, you can physically touch my body, but I don't know if I have a soul. I think I have a soul. I'm told I have a soul, but you can't do anything physical with it. <clears throat> so I always thought my soul was separate from me and that someday it would be glorified, I hoped, wished, prayed. But at the same time, um, what I, my, my soul recognizing my body was almost like the reverse negative of a, of a film. So when the metaphysical soul could recognize the physical body, to me, they're, they're distinct, but they're not separate. I just think they were separate. So lesson one. Lesson two is uh, <clears throat> this light just envelops, it just takes me. And I can't tell for your audience, Father, whether I was going into it. It was, it was drawing me into it, uh, full speed pulling me into it, or if it was taking me. So I, the way I would say that to the audience is right now you know whether a car is going forward or backwards physically in physics. I couldn't sense it. It was like being absorbed. <clears throat> and I would share this with your listeners. I was a total peace and joy. There was no fear at all where I was going. And then when I got to heaven, this, this I, I call it that in layman's terms, because there are no human words I could have ever use with anyone to describe this. The intellect isn't that bright. He's God. But when the light enveloped me, I began in spirit falling down and worshiping God, literally, thanking him, praising him. Thank you. I'm in heaven. Thank you. It's almost like I knew where I was. There was no doubt. I'm thanking him that I'm in heaven with him. So when your soul's in union with its creator, it's literally like being absorbed. And as I'm in heaven praising and worshiping him, um, I just remember somewhere in, in my being saying, you said he who's least in the kingdom is greater than John. And I and in the body, I fixated on that scripture verse. It's like all I need to do is get in the door. I, I don't need to be great. I just need, you know. Um, and as we know that, you know, John's the only person Jesus gave testimony to. So I get I get to heaven and I'm just like, there's no time there. There's no time. I couldn't tell if I was there a millisecond or a thousand years. There's no space. But I knew where I was. And he showed me my life, what I did in the body past. And he didn't judge me though. But he showed me everything that I did that hurt him back to when I was a child. I, I can honestly tell your listeners, I didn't want to come back here. Yeah. So the, um, people would call this an illumination of conscience. Yes. You know, where your conscience is illuminated, the things you've done that, that hurt his heart. So how did you know that this was our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Okay. Well, first of all, I had no clue it was Pentecost Sunday. You know, the next day. I had no clue what was going on. I'm, I'm out of it. <clears throat> um, in fact, between Saturday, the first cardiac arrest, and all the way to Monday, I feel like I had my own three days in the tomb. I have no idea what happened to me. I just wake up Monday night. So um, the body's just laying there. So how do I know it was Father, Son, Holy Ghost? Yeah. The, tri um, the Trinity. How do you know you were being absorbed uh, into the arch of the Trinity? Oh, I can tell you, as I said, I knew it was God. And, you know, we, we know from Scripture. Again, I'll go back to Scripture as my proof. All I have is the Word. You know, God is spirit. God is love. God is light. And God is the Word made flesh. Jesus. So... And John, I think, says, you know, and he says, I am I'm the light of the world. And in his letter, John writes, uh, what he declared to us, we proclaim to you, God is light. 
So I experienced the light. I experienced the love of God, which I didn't know exist. I think that's what was my biggest barrier to my own faith journey. Father, my own salvation was I couldn't comprehend that God loved me that much. Mm. Yeah. I couldn't comprehend the love of God. I had a very stoic mother, didn't show a lot of love. I had a dad who loved me, but, you know, you want that from your mother? Um, so I don't know whether there's something lacking in my wounds of growing up, but I couldn't fathom the love of God, my creator, was that great till I, till I felt it and saw it. Yeah. So God is love, God is light, God is spirit. It's, I was in spirit. So all three of those, cling, cling, cling to me, that's the, I'm there. <laughs> Let's delve into this because how has that changed your life? To go from, uh, I know God loves me, it's in my mind, I've never really experienced it, and to have this profound, through your physical healing, a profound experience of that God is love and he loves you more than you could ever describe. And how has that changed your life now today? Um. I am more empathetic. I understand now more. I was only worried about, you know, working hard, saving money, retire and take care of my family, that American dream pie kind of thing. Yeah. Now, Beth and I are out and we're finding how wounded people are in the world, how hurt they are. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> that only Christ can heal. And I've come to the conclusion, because I still have heart disease, I will never be healed until I see him again. And again, this, we're just journeying through this life. And so for me, what I learned, and it's etched in my heart, is the book of Sirach 736, um, <clears throat> where uh, the writer writes, In all you do, remember your last days, and you will never sin. doesn't say you may not sin, might not sin, should not sin. Never. And, and I meditate on my own mortification. So I, I, every day I, it's etched on me, it's like, I can't sin. I cannot sin. It's too much at stake. I didn't know whether this life on earth was practice or whether it was kind of the on deck circle or the, you know, you're in the pitcher's bullpen. No, it's real. There's, there's no, when you're dead, you're judged. Some people ask me, Father, you know, why don't you think you saw Christ? And I answer that by saying, I would have been judged. That's my own personal feeling. Yeah. If I would have seen Jesus, I'd have been judged. And my soul wasn't in the state that it needed to be in. Wow. Um, Beth, I want to turn to you. And I want to hear, because physical healing obviously has changed Paul's life. So his physical healing has changed life, but it's changed his whole family. Um, and so not just when we receive physical healings, so it has changed. When people around us receive physical healings, it, it deepens their relationship with God. So you tell us a little bit about your faith before Paul's healing and where your faith is now. Okay. Um, born and raised Catholic. Um, went to Catholic school 12 years. Got married at 22, um, had a family, uh, taught catechism, raised my children Catholic. I thought I was doing all the good Catholic things that Catholic girls are supposed to do. Um, I thought I did it. Um, but there was more. And I do believe that this experience was also for me. And I had to get deeper in my faith. And, and I certainly did. And I witnessed it through my husband. Because on that Monday, when he was extubated, and um, he was perfectly fine, and I knew my type A husband was going to be fine, 
the next day on Tuesday, he's out walking around with his IV poles, praying over every single room in the ICU. And now all of a sudden, this quiet little Catholic girl is now married to an evangelical Catholic. It was pretty startling because I was the girl who people knew I was Catholic, but I didn't talk about my faith. And all of a sudden, I've got this guy who is telling everybody about Jesus. And it was like, I had to get on board with this. I had to. I could have said no, but I had to say yes. So I had to go deeper in my faith also. And I also had an experience that weekend. I don't know if you want me to get into that. Please, yeah, what happened? Now. So... On uh, the Saturday night when Paul had his first cardiac arrest, uh, I spent the night in ICU with him. And then, of course, the events that transpired on Sunday, um, where he had his multiple cardiac arrests. So it was all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And so I was in the hospital there for two days. So then it wasn't until late Monday afternoon that Paul was extubated and I realized he was going to be okay because he was talking and he seemed okay. But I hadn't been over to the hotel room in two and a half days. So I had asked my son, David, if he would mind sitting with his dad while I go over to the hotel and just take a quick shower and, you know, and I'll come back and spend the night with dad again. And he said, yeah, no, no problem, mom, go sleep. And I said, no, I'm not going to sleep. I'm just going to go over and take a shower and then I'll be back. So I went over to the hotel and it was the first time I had been alone since all this happened. And I walked in that hotel room and I just broke down. I couldn't stop crying. I did not have to be strong for my boys anymore. And I just wept. And I walked over to the window in the hotel room and I looked out and I looked up and I said, God, what is happening to my family? What is going to happen to my family? I had no clue. I didn't know if Paul was going to be okay. I didn't know what was going on with the boys. How were they going to be able to deal with all this? So I continued to cry. I continued to pray. Well, after a while, I decided, okay, I did need to get into that shower. So I walked into the bedroom, and just out of pure exhaustion, I threw myself on the bed. The next thing that happened was I saw this instantaneous thought of our son David. And it was a, an image of him. And then I saw this image of a black cell phone. And on this cell phone, there was this incoming message. And it said, Take your time. It said, come back. And the next thing that happened is I felt this force, this wind, completely go right through my core. And I was out. I was completely out. I woke up about 40 minutes later, completely rested like I had rest. I had slept 
12 hours. Now, I hadn't slept in two and a half days, but I woke up rearing to go. And I was in complete peace. And I knew that everything was going to be okay. Now, I have never experienced anything like this before in my life. I knew nothing about the charismatic movement. I knew nothing about the Holy Spirit. But 12 years of Catholic school, those nuns taught me about the Holy Spirit. And they said the Holy Spirit was the wind. I'm like, okay. So I thought to myself, was that the Holy Spirit? So I got up, got, got into the bathroom. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, well, I still look the same. Got in the shower and that was it. I go back to the hospital and that was it. I told Paul my experience a couple days later. And first thing he said was, well, you need to tell David. And I'm saying, well, I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> I'm not telling anybody until I figure out what this is. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I've got to figure it out. So fast forward our life and we come up to uh, Phoenix and we move our family. Or we Paul and I move our stuff up to Phoenix. We run a house. And through God's providence, we get introduced to you guys, the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> and your lives have never been the same, and nor of ours. Yes. So you guys have helped me discern what happened to me, and it was a blessing. And yeah, so just to explain, I we were, Paul was giving his testimony, and... Um, So, um, Paul was giving his testimony and, um, I had asked one of the priests, I said, I need to tell you what happened to me. And he said, I know. And I said, so I told him what happened to me, the whole thing with David and what happened to me with the wind. And he looked me straight in the face and he said, yes, Beth, that was the Lord. He was sent to give you the peace to tell you that everything was going to be okay. And I said, okay, okay. I believe that was the Holy Spirit. But what's with the cell phone? I want to make sure I discern that properly. Now, just some backstory. Our son David had fallen away from his faith, and he wasn't practicing his, his faith. And I do believe the good Lord was telling me that he's got him in his hands, and he was going to bring him back to the church. Yeah. And so the priest told me, the Lord knows your prayers. And so all you St. Monica's out there, Keep praying for your children because that's all I did was pray for my David to come back to the church. And, <laughs> and he is. He's back <laughs> going God. back to church. Hallelujah. Yes. Um, what, I, what I love so beautiful about your story is how you talked about before this event, it was very much on the externals. I taught the catechism. I took my kids to Catholic school. I went to the church. I did everything on the, on the yeah, checking off the boxes. And, and this experience uh, of your husband receiving a physical healing changed your heart. That it wasn't just, I got to do my checkbox with God, but God wants to be in a relationship with me. And he wants me to experience his love. He wants me to, 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 to let that love change who I am. Not just box by box, but a transformation of who you are which is so beautiful. And I think that's you know, just one of the things, and not just for yourself, but for your family. How we talk, we're talk, This is the episode we're talking about, physical healing, how physical healing God wants to use to change our lives, right? And, and not just change us because, okay, now I'm physically better, but spiritually he wants to change us. And so to hear how you both of you have spiritually been changed, you know, from, from you were one person before and you're one person after 
is so, so, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so, Paul, I, I want to hear from, for you in particular, um, that, that you've, you've talked about this, this, this zeal you have now to evangelize, this, this transformation, praying over people in the hospital. Right? You go around the country telling your story. You've written a book about it. Mm-hmm. Um, b- but at the end of the day, you would even say that it's not even about all these things. These are things I, I, that I'm doing for God, but, but something in my heart has changed in relationship with him. How would you describe that? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> again, we are all supposed to go make disciples of men. And uh, I spend too much time in the world. And what's on my heart, Father, is the last line, last two verses of the book of James. I'm paraphrasing it. I'm probably misquoted. You know, if anyone, that includes me, can bring one person back, you know, from the way of sin to Christ, you not only cover over a multitude of your own sins, but you save your own soul. Yeah, I don't save anybody. Christ does. But it's amaz- amazing, amazing to me <clears throat> to have been doing this now for about five years how broken the world is and how broken people are in it, even though they act like they got it all together. You know, whether they're driving the fancy car or living in the, they act like they got it all together. And when you get to, to you know, and I, I would say the very few have it really all together spiritually. may have it together as far as the world's concerned. So <clears throat> um, I, I'm going to be very blunt with your audience. I believe I'm finally the person God wants me to be. Mm, what do you mean by that? Okay, I think there's a reason I was named Paul. I mean, the greatest red line quote of the Bible of Jesus' words in the book of Acts is chapter 26, where Paul saw the light, literally. Yeah. You know, and he just changed. I saw the light. Um, and I'm, again, I'm, he wants me to do more to, I didn't get the part about on earth as it is in heaven in the Lord's Prayer. I just hope someday I'd be glorified if I lived a decent life, was a decent guy. He's going to judge me. He's going to judge everybody. And I was kind of like, Hedging my bets. Know what I've learned is you got to be all in. This is not a trial, as I said. Um, and so, from my perspective, if I can help people get to know the Lord, I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do on earth, to build his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And so, um, in, in getting into this, like, like the, the root here, because we talked about how, like, why, why should people be out there be praying for physical healing? Like, why is this important? Why is something like physical healing something that we should even care about? Because a lot of people would say, well, why even care about physical healing, right? I'll, you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal or, you know, because the spiritual is more important and sometimes we're called to offer it up. But yet we've seen your physical healing has transformed you and your family. Right. And so why should people pray for physical healing? Well, I think there's just too many examples of reality of even doctors have written books about it. They've seen... I'm just one example. It's like there's no way this person's supposed to be alive, and they are. And 99% of the time it's because of prayer, which shows you the divine intervention. And, you know, all things are possible with God. So, um, you know, if I didn't take that voice seriously, if I didn't read the Bible, if I didn't follow those locutions, maybe I wouldn't be talking to you. But, you know, the same Paul, I'm not my own. It's Christ in me. So I try to keep my perspective now um, after witnessing not only the love of God, but the enormity, immensity of him. He's a person. I'm a creature. And it's humbled me a lot. You know, a lot of people say, I, I read your book. I cannot believe all the suffering you had to go through. I said, oh, no, it, wasn't. it was the greatest blessing I ever had. And, you know, if this means, Father... So healing, <clears throat> my, my, my perspective of people who do get healed, because again, it's God's will. Maybe God's will was I was supposed to die. 
clearly wasn't yet. I could die tonight, but I just want to make sure my soul's in a state of grace. So I never, I get to go back because I saw it. You know, it is, as Jesus said in Downey Thomas, <clears throat> I'm not the blessed one your audience is. Blessed is he who hasn't seen and believes. Yeah. I, maybe I had to see it to believe it. Wow. Um, and so we're wrapping up only a few minutes left, um, but I do want to have an opportunity for both of you to speak kind of a final word because we've gone for an hour now talking about your healing and then talking about how your healing has changed yourself, changed your family um, and, and and why people out there should pray for physical healing, you know, because that's what we're talking about, this four-part series about yeah. healing, specifically physical healing and how physical healing affects us. And then what we, how we should respond when we hear about physical healings, how our lives should be different. So just a word uh, to our audience, Beth, uh, if you don't mind, about um, maybe a piece of advice uh, for their own spiritual journey and walk with God, something that you've really taken from this whole experience that has allowed you to, um, to, to be transformed and because you've been transformed by that they can maybe can take in their own lives and say, okay, this is how I'm going to work towards the healing of my physical body er, so that my heart, mind, soul, et cetera, can be healed. Right. I think for me, the biggest thing to tell people is when you get those promptings, and I believe it's the Holy Spirit, you need to follow those promptings. Why did I go out and buy that crucifix? I don't know. I thought it was just to give my husband comfort because he has used to wear one. Clearly, it was more reason than that. It was a prompting. You have to listen to those little promptings. That is the Holy Spirit in your life, and you have to be open to that and, and follow through on it and, and say your yes. I could have said, no, Paul, you go do this. This is your deal. But I couldn't. Yeah. We had to do this together. I love that. Say your yes. Yeah. You know, I'm going to echo that. Well, one. and also it was the promptings of Father Anthony Tinker, too. He always encouraged me. <laughs> to do this. So thank you, Father. Yeah, amen. <laughs> but I think we can we can all take that advice very, very seriously. Say your yes. Because for each of us, you know, who are here uh, and are listening, that yes is is something different. Whatever God's next step is for you, it's something different for each and every person. And my next step with God and my relationship with God is different than Beth's, different than Paul's, different than yours who are listening. And the question is, what does God have for you next? What's mm -hmm. the next step? Is it I need to read more scripture? Is it I need to be going to mass more? Is it I need to get away from the sin that's affecting my life? I need to go to confession. I need to go back to mass on Sundays. What is it? What is that next yes or I need to pray for this particular thing, this particular person. What is the yes God is asking you to make today? And so uh, what a great encouragement, Beth. What's the yes God's asking you today? What's Absolutely. the Holy Spirit prompting in your heart today to say it's time to say yes to this, whatever this is. And sometimes you have to get in the quiet to hear what that mm -hmm. is. And then I want to encourage you, say that yes. yes. Okay, Paul, your turn, same question. It's okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? Um, he's the divine physician. We talked about that. Um, you know, God can heal anything at any time. He create, he can create a new heart valve in me if he wanted to. Um, <clears throat> so never give up on healing, but it begins with prayer. You know, you, you, you can't be half in, you can't be, well, I'll pray a little bit and I'll just follow what the doctor tells me to do with the chemo or whatever. Cause wh where is your ultimate loyalty and trust? It's gotta be in God. Um, and so the other thing I, that I would encourage your audience as far as physical healing is that everybody gets healed. 
So we have to go into it open-minded with God may need you in heaven more than he needs you here. And once you are grounded in that, you have total peace. So for my prayer life, uh, maybe this help your audience, I used to pray, <clears throat> oh, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me. And I used to pray directly to Jesus. And what I learned in this experience was I now pray for the Lord's will in my life, God's will, the Father, mm-hmm. Abba. And I pray that his will be for my healing. And then I pray it through Christ our Lord, amen. And I had to learn that, Father. Because, again, it was just me and Jesus. But now I go to Abba because it's even Jesus himself said, I do the Father's will. Yeah. Everything you must do is the Father's will. Yeah. So I've turned that to the Father's will. And when I pray, I'm 63 years old. I get on my knees. And I want the Lord to know just before I go to bed and sleep at night, the last thing I did was talk to him. Yeah. So I'd encourage prayer for physical healing. But accept the Lord's will. Yeah. I want to piggyback on that. I was recently talking to a friend, uh, a female who'd lost a very important piece of jewelry and couldn't find it. And I spent all day searching anything and everything and beseeching God all day long. And she went to bed that night and hadn't found it and was like, God, where are you? How, where can you be? Da, 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 da. And uh, she went to sleep with anxiety and, and you know, just struggling. And, uh, and the next morning, uh, she went off um, and her mom was like, I'm going to go check this one place one more time. I know we've checked. I was going to, where is it? And, and they found the piece of jewelry. And, uh, and God was, knew exactly what he was doing the whole time. He knew the perfect timing of when that piece of jewelry was supposed to be found. And he was listening the whole time to those 24 hours of, of prayer. Um, but oftentimes we get caught in our own anxiety of God, answer it and answer me now. I need this now. I need this done now. My way, my plan, my purpose. And what you're saying, Paul, is so true. It's, it's <laughs> no, 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 bad prayer. It's God, your plan, your purpose. Here's what I want. Here's my, you can, you can let your desires known, be known to God. But at the end of the day, it's a submission to say, God, your will, not mine. And as um, Beth said, um, she woke up the next morning and she listened to that prompting. Check that same drawer. Yeah. You got to listen to the promptings. Exactly. And, uh, and then it's so beautifully, you know, you said prayer, 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 prayer. Like we need to pray that we have to, it's relationship. And you have to, if you want to be in relationship with someone, you have to spend time with them. You have yeah. to talk to them. And so be in relationship with God, pray, pray for physical healing for yourself, pray for physical healing for others. Yeah. As we've seen, um, Paul's physical healing has affected his family, his children, his wife, um, and everyone around him. Hopefully everyone has heard this story. And so pray for physical healing, pray that God use that physical healing to draw people closer to him and ultimately to draw people to heaven. That's our goal. That's our goal. Amen. Okay, uh, we are out of time, um, but of course we have to have some kind of fun question, even though out of time. Um, and so um, <clears throat> I want to know who is your favorite saint and why? Beth? Oh, mine's got to be St. Monica. Okay. I didn't even know about her yeah. prior to this. Okay. And one time I was telling somebody, I think it was somebody through the Franciscan Friars, and she said, oh, well, you're St. Monica. You prayed for David all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, who's St. Monica? <laughs> <laughs> so it's got to be St. Monica. That's awesome. <laughs> Do I have to answer that question as a mortal or as an angel? <laughs> Which would Let's you say, like? As a mortal. As a mortal saint, okay. I would have to go th- with St. Francis yeah. of Assisi. Okay. Because he abandoned this life. Yeah. Uh, for the sake of the gospel. What about for, as an angel? St. Raphael. Okay, and, yeah. And if you read my book, <laughs> you'll see he's involved. Yeah. The Angel of Healing and Family Restoration. And, and we've talked about the book. I'm sorry I didn't uh, plug yeah. it last time I meant to, but Faith Understood can be found on Amazon. On Amazon or go to our website, 
faithunderstood.org. Okay. You could watch the testimony if you want to hear the full-length version with Beth involved. And Father, I'd say that we go to parishes or even prayer groups. We go into people's homes and give our witness. So we're, we're already available to serve the Lord. Great. So you can contact Paul at uh, Paul at faithunderstood.org. Go to the website. You can find it all, yep. faithunderstood.org. You can order the book. Um, you can bring him to your parish, and you can have he and Beth come and tell their beautiful story. Thank you so much for being with Thank us, you, and let's give a blessing to our audience. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. May Almighty God bless you as I bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith/give. That's becomefire.faith/give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.